Hey there, welcome to the F Plus Podcast. Terrible things, Reddit right enthusiasm. My name's Lemon. And I'm John. And Lemon, I've got a confession to make. Uh, it's it's past me now, but I just want to tell you about something I did, and I wanted to inform our listeners so they don't make the same mistake I did. Right, sounds dirty. Uh, I, when I was in college, I, I did some pitchfork. You. I, I know. Wait. I know. I didn't know any better. There wasn't now. a good music community near my college. I was out kind of in the boonies. I just, John, you know, it seemed cool John, and it seemed neat. And I just got in with the batted crowd and just started doing some pitchfork. That's not, that's not okay, John. I, I thought we I had conversations about this. No, no, this is all in the past. I don't do it anymore. I, I sometimes I get those cravings, but I don't, I, I, I resist them. I've gone through a lot of detox and a lot of things to, so I don't worry about it, but you know, I just wanted to let you know and, and maybe um, inform you about the, um, you know, the, the dangers. I mean, there were dangerous, there were some great times with it, you know, when you were riding high on the virulent screeds. All of, right. Tell me about the great times. Well, OK. OK. So there's, you know, there was just I, I, I got going on a little Brandon Stausoy and a little Brian Howe. But, man, if you really wanted the good strain, you got You had to find some decrescenzo. Oh, the so decrescendo! So you actually went to Harvey stuff? Oh man, it was so. I mean, you'd think like it, it back in those days. You'd think they wouldn't start out that bad, but man, the decrescendo! It was like going straight on a whirlwind train of thesaurus entries and thinking you're great enough that authors and musicians would know who you are and writing to yourself like you're the best person ever. Now, and John, i got to tell you something, which is that we have a podcast which has listeners. And right now, there's okay. a whole bunch of listeners going, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. And to those people, That's I true. would like to say, welcome to a Pitchfork review. What we have, what we have tonight uh, is a series of uh, Pitchfork reviews, uh, mostly by um, a man uh, named Brent DiCrescenzo. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Um, opinions on albums. And I wouldn't say his opinions are bad because that's sort of missing the point yes it's i can't describe it it was just it's a it's a feeling man and it's it's great and horrible and actually it's not really great it's just horrible but you kind of have to feel it man as bad of a record review as you have ever read in your life you are have you have never approached this level let's get to the readers it's gonna be hard going back but I'll, i'll brave it i'll brave it for the podcast In the room tonight, we have Acer Akawaddle. The last episode of F Plus reminded me of the one time I was in Brooklyn and... Uh, Portex? Portex, proboscis, quail, quaint, stupid. Boots Rain Gear. <laughs> Boots Rain Gear sounds mostly like pet sounds. It's performed uh, 50,000 miles Dog. underwater. <laughs> and if you listen very closely, you will notice that this hot Boss dog man. sounds like... <laughs> My first album was completely and totally... I don't even know. Jack Chick. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. John. John sounds like a broken iPhone covered in the dreams of orphans. Come, Quatza. Ivan. This is the part where I name drop a much more popular podcast. <laughs> and Lemon. And his special friend, Billy Idol. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Californication. I actually frightened friends of mine when I declared that I was looking forward to the new Red Hot Chili Peppers record. Dan simply replied sardonically, 
Dode. Dode. Uh, Bloodsucker Sex Magic was the first CD I ever purchased. <laughs> Me too. Listening to a CD on headphones after a decade of cassettes was revelatory. <gasps> Me too. Faint, Ooh. echoing harmonies, popping bass, bass, <laughs> popping bass, <laughs> and crisp finger licking guitar swirled in my ears. In retrospect, I guess technology had a lot to do with my infatuation with the album. Me too. Californication sees the same players, John Frusciante and Rick Rubin included, from the That Album Return. <laughs> as expected, it's considerably better than the bone-stupid One Hot Minute, but not quite as funky-ass as their acclaimed 1991 effort. All right, I have to ask you this, but actually. Wait. But this wait. This is an important question. Are there but. any other body parts which can be funky? Be like a funky <laughs> neck. Or mm, a funky funky nosed. You can have a funky cold Medina. A funky armpit. Yeah, that's not a body part. It's a- I have funky leg. <laughs> but wait, before but wait. we go any further, let's talk about Dave Navarro. Yes, okay. let's. Yeah, yeah. that's Dave- important because he's not on this album. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dave Navarro was a horrible fit for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Thankfully, he's off in some private velvet paneled studio pouring hot wax on his nipples <laughs> on the mascara. What? Look up wannabe rock star in the dictionary, and you'll find a picture of Dave Navarro's pierced nipples and school of Depeche Mode black nail polish. Yeah, nobody's ever heard of Dave Navarro. So you won't see Who's Dave that? Navarro. You'll just see his nipples and his <laughs> nail polish. But you can tell when you see those nipples that they're Dave Navarro's. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, totally. Dave we Navarro speaks anyway. our human language by vibrating the rings in his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> So, weighing in at a stunning 85 pounds, the band's former guitarist John Frusciante and his quavering, <laughs> pasty skeletal body rejoined for the Californication session. Ew! In his off time from the Chili Peppers, John Frusciante recorded a couple of drug-induced solo mishaps and had the best-selling Italian novel named after had a best-selling <laughs> Italian novel named after him. The right. man brings a rucksack of real emotions with his guitar. <laughs> you know, yeah, he just yeah, he just carries weird. it in the in the the bag on the other side. Yeah, it's in the case. No, it's like a it's like a hobo's bindle. He just you know <laughs> ties it around the head. He's like a drifter. I'd also wager my credibility mm. that he's the best big time American rock guitarist going right now. His fingers can effortlessly switch switch from the picking funk of I Like Dirt no, to the sculpted feedback of Emmett Remus to the tender, lovely, yes, really, a tender, lovely Chili Peppers track, <laughs> Porcelain, to the clever stadium-sized solos throughout. But uh, best of all, he makes you forget about that crazy monkey on ba- bass. He actually <laughs> yeah. writes out, eh, eh, but let's face it. The biggest obstacle in your enjoyment of a Red Hot Chili Peppers album is horny crooner Anthony Kiedis. Uh-huh. Oh, how does that work? Okay, that's true. I agree with you, Brent Crescenzo. I'm going to agree with that. If you can, if you can stomach lines like Gorilla Cantilla, Sammy D, and Salmonella, up to my ass and alligators. <laughs> let's get it on with the alligator haters. And two finger paint is not a sin. I put my middle finger in. You're good to go. Okay. If those lines make you wince like wince like Pitchfork editor Ryan Schreiber, call out. Oh, keep wow. in mind that I pulled those well, from a reference two that's, of fifteen uh, songs. That's, How the fuck well, that's, do you name, name drop somebody who nobody's ever heard of? <laughs> exactly, like it's just I love guy in a cubicle next to him. And yeah, who you is name, your boss? Maybe. Yeah, you name drop people that you already know. People aren't going to know who he is, so you have to elaborate. 
guys, if it makes you totally... if it makes you wince like my next door neighbor David Reynolds, keep in mind <laughs> I pulled those from this. The crux of the crux of this all though is that Brent T. Crescenzo is saying that Anthony Keyes is a bad writer. <laughs> in a right. way, you have to be familiar with California to appreciate Keyes's lyrics. Okay. Uh, okay, let's see. Let's see how he justifies this shit. I mean, Los Angeles is shallow, sunny, fun, and tragic. Okay. So in this age, unfathomably horrible chorus is like, I did it all for the nookie, the nookie, so you can take your cookie, because you did my homies and ba with the ba, a five spot to anyone who can explain that one. Okay. Uh, we can cut the chili pepper some slack. Plus the sincere, hook-laden, mellow jams of scar tissue, other side, and road tripping more than make up for whatever knuckle-dragging Kiedis executes. Me too. That's the chili peppers <laughs> that the chili peppers even gave us a single you can actually tolerate on the radio should be heralded. I can't Lots. tolerate them on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Longevity and rock music is about as rare as hip-hop spell checkers these days. Oh, for fuck's oh. sake. Yeah, that's, oh. that's our disguised racism. Yeah, that's great. No, 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 that's an actual job. It's a a freelance hip-hop spell checker. (laughs) My name's Russell Simmons, and this is a deaf spell check jam. Well, no, the thing (laughs) is, you don't realize is that Pitchfork editor Ryan Scriber is his black friend, so it's okay. Oh. Uh, that is not it. how you spell Hennessy, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry, there is no E in Patron. <laughs> so you got to make sure you spell yo correctly all the time? Yes, you have yeah. to know how to spell yo correctly because it is 1992. Anyways, um, <laughs> the idea of albums has given way to the force feeding of singles. Teens reposter their walls with the face of the moment more frequently than undercover advertisers play card boarded up fences and buildings in New York. That is a great sentence. That is a great sentence. (laughs) Wow. Basically, the Chili Peppers are the closest thing we have to a Led Zeppelin today. Are they? What? Oh, you know, like, where the hell did he get oh. to that from? I feel like my mind was just raped by that sentence. <laughs> if you want quality, commercial, Jeep stereo, headphones, stadium-filling, champion rock that you can get behind, where else are you going to turn? Not to Eminem, you ain't. Oh, he went there. Uh, Brent DiCrescenzo, oh. rating, rating 6.8. Yeah, <laughs> and six point eight, according to the rating key, six point eight means has its moments but isn't strong. That's the top end of has its moments but isn't strong. Yeah, yeah, it has its moments but isn't strong, like that editor guy Ryan Schreiber, yeah. right? Hey, yeah. anyone, you hey. know what I'm saying? All right, we're gonna we're gonna do the only non-Brent DiCrescenzo review of the night. Um, before I pay, before I paste the link, we're gonna need yeah. three people. We're gonna need George W. Bush, Al Gore, and Jim Lehrer. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, Jack Chick is Jim Lehrer. I want to. Be, I want to be Al Gore. It's it's for Hans or it's Bush. Fun. All right. At the drive-in, relationship of command. The following is a partial transcript from the third and final debate between Republican presidential candidate George W. Bush and Democratic candidate Al Gore. Jim Lehrer. Okay, gentlemen. You know the rules as established by the Commission of Presidential Debates. The questions will come from citizens in our audience. You have two minutes to answer each question. Your opponent may then offer a rebuttal. I will then ask a follow-up question at my discretion. The next four questions pertain to At the Drive-In, a music group from Governor Bush's home state of Texas. Uh, Mr. Lehrer, how is this relevant? (laughs) 
first to Mr. Governor Lair Bush. You will be asked by Clara Thompson. Where are you, Ms. Thompson? <laughs> oh, God, tension. Where are. is she? Oh, God. Okay. Oh, there she is. Why was that? Written? Did, yeah, wait, yeah. This is, it's necessary filler to to you know establish the. Uh, it makes it feel like it's an actual transcript. Yeah. yeah. Guys, come on, method. Keep in character. People wouldn't believe it otherwise. <laughs> Keep in character. It's very important to me. Uh, yes, Mister Bush. Do you think that at the drive-in's new album, Relationship Command, matches the intensity of the band's live show? <laughs> Thank you, Miss Thompson. It's Governor Texas. I'm proud of these young men from El Paso. I take both young people and the arts very seriously, as I think my record shows. But uh, the question here really is, who do you trust? And who do you think will get things done? I'm a uniter, not a divider. Also, you can't hear at the drive-in's afros on record. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Oh, Vice President. I'm glad you asked this question, Mrs. Thompson, because this is an area in which Mr. Bush and I differ. While no album can ever approximate the complexity of the live concert experience, the sonic intensity of Relationship of Command oh. makes it a good second choice. Andy Wallace mixed the album, and if that name doesn't ring a bell, let me remind you that nine years ago, he mixed an album called Nevermind by a band called Nirvana. Yes. Of which Al Gore is a huge fan. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Al Gore killed. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It says hold for applause in my. Okay. The punch has mixed things to these guitars is impressive. So while Relationship of Command doesn't quite compare to seeing this group live, you'll surely want to mosh dance in your bedroom. Oh, what? While you what? listen to this recording. Mr. As Gore. Does, man, I love mosh, mosh dancing. dance in your bedroom. Hey, so you're, this is American politics. You're not going to understand. <laughs> Moving on. This question comes from Mr. Frank Lee and is for Vice President Gore. If you are elected president, what do you propose to do about the inconsistencies of relationship and command? <laughs> or what? You don't want to hear about the budget? or What <laughs> like, that boring shit? Spending? No. All right. They released relationship command. All right, then. <laughs> well, in that case, yes, I do think this album is largely inconsistent. Right now, music is the most innovative it has been in the history of the universe. Hmm. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I've checked what? other galaxies. Jesus. We have many, many opinions open to us in these times. Under the Clinton administration, we have brought music into a period of growth of expansion, of limitlessness. Oh, but shoot. I'll tell you this, if you want a country filled with records like Relationship of Command that are light on memorable riffs from bands steeped in punk and 70s classic rock, I'm gesturing to you now, Mr. Bush. This. Oh, that's not a nice gesture. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Here, let me get on my scissor lift so everyone can see. <laughs> <laughs> Governor. Creativity music is up right now, yes, but rock music for pure rock purposes has suffered under the Clinton administration. They're trying to muck up our loud, old-fashioned noise with their Washington politics and fuzzy math rock. Now, these boys that singing, either you love it or you hate it, but the important part is it gets by. It gets by on a handful of truly catchy, anthemic rockers. One Arm Scissor is the most arena-ready of the songs on Relationship of Command. It has an infectious vocal hook. 
it has a, a punchy riff on the chorus. It gets into your subliminal mind, and it fully makes up for the quavering, effective vocalizing on the verses. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, this improv night sucks. <laughs> Get off the stage, Bush. <laughs> no, see, it's political satire, I think. I thought it was supposed to be a music review, but of course, these sites never actually it is. do anything. This is a review of Relationship of Command by At The Drive-In. Uh, I could tell. I just, I just get the feeling that if this review were written an hour later, it would have been set to Sanford and Son. Just whatever's on TV. <laughs> you big dummy! It has an infection vocal hook. <laughs> that I would read. Mr. Lair? The next. Can I just say one thing about that? No, I'm sorry. That's... Okay, all right. <laughs> the next question... That was a good pussy. exchange we just had. <laughs> that added so much to the review. The next question will be asked by Ms. Sandra Hartford and is for you, Governor Bush. Ms. Hartford, where are you? Mr. Bush, right. do you feel at the drive-in frontman Cedric Pixler's vocals are in need of reform? Sandra, you need to cut down on the smoking. <laughs> in a world without Sandra Hartford. Well, I certainly won't claim to have uh, invented them. <laughs> Uh, no, I think the man is very intense, and intensity is a great thing. If I am elected president, I can promise you it will be very, very intense. It'll be metal. <laughs> it will be president down from the skies. Ms. Uh, Hartford, I'm glad you asked this question, because this is an area in which Mr. Bush and I differ. Intensity can be a great thing, but not always. Cedric Bixler has two main vocal styles. Now, one of them is a punk rock bark that recalls Rage Against the Machine's Zack De La Rocha. The, the, other, the other is an operatic wall that resembles Ronnie Rail. James. Whoa, that really doesn't. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm doubting myself for some reason. <laughs> it's a whale. Yeah. The self-conscious aggression of the De, De La Roche is a bit tiresome, but I find that the Dio chanting is odd and occasionally fun. Take Sleepwalk Castles, if you will, for example. Please. In the song's chorus, he's in full-on Metal God mode. No, he isn't. <laughs> you could Sweet. even say his soaring pitch conjures the image of a youthful Tom Cruise sitting in the cockpit what? of an F-15 fighter. You no, could say that. Bush you could be a shitty person. Would you? <laughs> but under Governor Bush's plan, it would not. What he proposes is that we strip Tom Cruise naked, kill his family, burn his what? house, and shoot down his fighter. Now, I see a time when... Mr. Door, your time is up. I was yes. thinking he was going to say, Mr. Gore, you're not making any sense. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Sandra Hartford. There will be no more need for you to ask questions. I Thank got you. more questions, Jim. I got more questions. I think you know, now, I may just be a simple country accent, but I think... <laughs> <laughs> but it seems to me that this review is quite long. Mr. Door, your time is up. Governor... Do you have a rebuttal? Well, no. Then, on to the next question. Oh, good. This Glad comes from Mr. Hannity Combs and will be fielded by Vice President Gold. 
um, what song in Relationship of Command do you feel most encapsulates its strengths and weaknesses? Definitely <laughs> invalid letter department. The slower passengers of that song are not what the American people need at this time. With its 80s metal guitar tone and know-it-all spoken word vocals, and honestly, you'll find yourself wanting to hate it. Well, I know that feeling. Certainly hated it, but the chorus <laughs> of the song is such a fist-pumping sing-along triumph that you'll find yourself returning to it again and again. And that's really this album in a nutshell. Alternately, annoying and powerful. Governor Bush. In the great state of Texas, we have a saying, people with afros should be shot. <laughs> people need to have consequences for their afros, and, and that consequence is death. During my term as governor, I fried hundreds of men, and it wasn't always easy. You know, sometimes switch jammed, or we get low on power or something. But I know one thing. There cannot be a harsh enough penalty for bad hair. Now, technically, at the drive-in, have not committed a crime, but what would you do if it was your hair? What would you do if it was your four-year-old daughter come home from school crying with all them products dripping down her cheeks? I'm sure you'd want the maximum penalty implemented. I know I would. Rating 6.1. <laughs> by Mark Richardson. <laughs> all the hair care products are just taking turns spraying themselves into the little girl's eyes. <laughs> oh, 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 hey, but we got we got Ryan Schreiber here, so he knows yeah, what he's talking Ryan about. Schreiber, yeah. As if the rating of 6.1 wasn't evident from the review. I am reviewing Moon Safari by the band Air. Excellent. Analog, aquatic, bulbous, blue, breathy, Cloud Scraper, <laughs> Crystal, Casio, Dewey, <laughs> Deliquescent, Tulip, <laughs> Ethereal, Efficient, <laughs> Elastic, French, Floating, Massy, Gravity, Groove, Hotel, Holograph, Holland, Paid by the Word, Iceland, <laughs> Ingenuous, Japanese, Jingle, Juicy, Kitsch, Kitchen, Kissing, Lounge, Lazy, Liquid, Moog, Mood, Martini, Naughty, Nylon, Nymph, Organic, Oval, Plastic, Pompous, oh, We're getting to the end of the alphabet. Yay. Quasar, Quandam, <laughs> Quixotic. Retro robot synthetic synth sylvan terry cloth tinsel underwear underground universe viscous vaporous velvety wet wanton waterfall xylophone xenogenic xylophone that's a one yeah yester zipper Zodiac rock drips like sugary dew and melted cheese from every second of Moon Safari. It's an album. Those, those, were, all, those, those were all the adjectives okay. that went before rock. I thought maybe it was like okay. the graduating class of an L.A. school or something. In alphabetical order. Stop off the review, god damn it. Analog Smith, Aquatic Jones, Bulbous... 
close your eyes on an Antonini film and open them on 2001. Air is the perfect background music for minimalist architecture design. Shagging up against a tree in a field of sunflowers, <laughs> waiting in line for Space Mountain, drinking gin upstairs in a 747. Circa 1960 <laughs> Swedish industrial documentaries. What the fucking Christ? This, this a is a bit too cheeky for daily consumption, but fits in nicely next to your Stereo Lab and Pizzicato 5 CDs. Play this on Valentine's Day for your sweetie and go to work Monday with band-aids on your back. What? Uh, My name is Brent DiCorazzo and I give this a 7.9. 7.9, <laughs> which is above average. Above average. Enjoyable. I really fair. got that impression from that review. That, that, yeah. It told me how much it, he liked it. 7.9 should have been, like, above average. Brilliant. Beautiful. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> God, I can't wait to see what he... Can you imagine, like, the record company having to pull off, like, a sample of that for their press sheets? And being like, Pitchfork describes it as dot 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 Iceland ingenious dot dot dot. If they were doing that, they totally just do Zodiac rock drips like the sugar, like sugary dew and melted cheese from every second of Moon Safari. And then people would throw it away. Communist gangster computer god. Lemon, you say that, but I think Air actually wanted their album to be described as a grassy, lazy Rococo yacht. So they got exactly what they wanted. <laughs> Finally, someone gets our music. <laughs> yeah, but oddly enough, I couldn't find that uh, section in the record store. England's Texas sculpts studio perfect summer radio pop. Carbonated drum beats provide a smooth. What the fuck is a carbonated oh. drum beat? Carbonated, carbonated drum beats. Rococo. Yacht. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Carbonated drum beats provide a smooth, soft, cocoa buttery surface mm. like a well tanned midriff. This is a reviewer Markov chain. It spreads out between a tight cotton tee and a pair of skin squeezing jeans, with the top few buttons haphazardly loose, allowing singer slash pinup Charlene Spiteri's voice to dance across it like the brushing of delicately painted fingernails. Around the navel and upper pubis. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, and unrelated news, I need to get laid really badly. <laughs> Hold on, I just gotta adjust myself here. Alright, I'm good. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Tell me more about the pubis. I'm gonna close the other tab. A deep discotheque baseline fills the sound nicely like two handfuls of pillowy. Grade A breast. <laughs> is it, is it, did the farmer stamp it? The farmer stamp oh. it to let you know it is grade A. Maybe you know, talk about the USDA is one government program I approve of. Oh, what is this grade A breast doing? Well, you see, it's inflating the top of a red tank top. I oh, see. God. That's what breasts do, right? Yeah, yes. they inflate. Well, sometimes. Only red well, in that, one in that one episode we did. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, it's beer gas. <laughs> These breasts powered by beer gas. Um, a six-figure studio budget paints a shimmer over the sound like an iced tea-colored tan. Grains of fine white sand and tongue-tip-sized beads of sweat. Um, Spiteri's seductive falsetto slips effortlessly between post-coital, bangs-in-face tees, 
and professional, puckered, glossy, se- lightly separated lips, like a Revlon color, commercial tailored blend of Natalie Imbruglia, Prince, what? Donna Summer, everything but the girl, and the sultry suede. What? Stopping what? for a second. I've never heard Texas in my life, but I'm going to guess that Texas is nothing <laughs> like with... Natalie Imbruglia, Prince, Donna Summer, everything but the girl, or suede. <laughs> with your powers combined, I am Brent Crescendo's boner. <laughs> I like that it's also it's a list of girls that he wants to fuck, and Prince is one of them. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's I... also nice that he describes her voice as falsetto, which I'm pretty sure is reserved for male. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but according to that, he also wants to fuck suede, which just kind um, of... Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Summer Sun bounces along like a two-toned buttocks. <laughs> A two-toned buttocks. Two-toned buttocks frolicking under a silk skirt while the title track slow jams erotically like Spiteri rubbing down her body with her eyes closed. Jesus. Where is the music? What's the music? He's playing it right now. No, no, there's going to be music in the next sentence. Don't worry. Just just hold on. Oh, oh cool. <laughs> Lips blooming to reveal marble teeth and a sentient tongue. Wait. Tongue will conquer us all. Yeah, tongue <laughs> in your tongue. How are you doing today? <laughs> Thanks, dog tongue. Can you brush me? I want some mouthwash. Really, there's more to this music than the singer's looks. Really. Stop looking at that. She's out of your league. Give me that back. I want the artwork. And I am Brent DeCrent... I still can't pronounce his last name. DeCrescenzo. Credenza. Just make up something. Yeah. DeCredenza. And, <laughs> and I rate this album a 4.0. What? Wait, what? <laughs> That's a 4.0. Yeah. He, he was about to sing her so hot. Music kind of sucks, though. He was about to, yeah, he was about to stick his yeah, dick in the point- draft here, and it's like only 4.0. Which is which is just below. Four point oh means bad just below by just a little bit. Bad outweighs the good. Bottom end of that too. Was he was he wearing was he wearing beer goggles when he listened to this? I don't get it. He looked at the album cover right, and then he wrote the review. Yes. Then he actually put the album into the CD player, and then he gave it the rating. (laughs) Hey Ao. Mm Hmm. I have a question for you. I have an answer for you. How good are you at reading Icelandic? Oh, I, I'm sure I'm terrific at it. <laughs> he minored in Iceland. <laughs> You've never done it before. Sigur Ross. Ajatis Brijan. Smack Lisa. <laughs> Icelandic lore tells of oh, the hidden people who live in the crags and lava of jagged mountains. Descended <laughs> from the ancient guardian spirit, the hidden people come in many forms. The tiny Bleomalfar dwell in flower blossoms while the common Bualfar reside on farms. But even in this modern age of cell phones and helicopters, Icelanders continue to believe that the hidden people are still out there somewhere, prancing about in period clothing. Construction workers will even curve roads around rumored dwellings of the hidden people. How can a modern people find faith in such fantasy? A heavy cloud of Norse mythology and a breathtaking raw landscape explains most of it. Plus, the indigenous music of Sigur Ross can only perpetuate such religion. The album begins... (laughs) You heard me. It's the indigenous music. 
It can only perpetuate such a religion. Do you have a problem with that? I have no problems with anything. Good. Period. Good answer. Because I want to tell you, that album, that album begins submerged. Sonar pings echo from liquid feedback. Oh, here we go. That's better. An ocean in its volume. Soon, a cathedral organ moans. Wire brushes drum in a sinking pace. A violin bow saws open a moth of massive guitar. Spreading noise in clouds of blood. Siren, Jan, Thor, Birgison sings through every orifice. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> wow. Oh, stench. Do they still tour? My- I want to see that. Now that's talent. His ass is so in tune. <laughs> his microphone just looks like a fucked up menorah pointing at every one of his orifices. <laughs> 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 well, you know how they got 5.1 surround sound speakers. Oh, Apparently, God. they got 5.1 oh, surround God. microphones. All right. Oh, <laughs> Did you know that Siren John Thorn Birgerson may even have gills? Okay. Oh, perhaps. He sends every orifice, including gills, perhaps, creating the most inhuman vocals ever heard in rock. Though Skywalker's sound could attempt a Chewbacca-esque approximation by blending whales, Jimmy Engnig, Cherubs, Bjork, and the blue alien from the fifth element. (laughs) The song ends in an accelerating heartbeat that breaks into palpitations. Sound fizzles out. You're dead. Really? (laughs) I don't have to listen to this shit anymore. So now that I'm dead, what's the afterlife sound like? Well, I'm going to tell you. A string section waxes oh, as the album moves from Sven, Sven G. Engler to Staralfur. The chamber instruments flutter around skeletal drums and sepulchral bass. This Hello. music teeters to touchstones in classical as much as Radiohead, like Orff composing Carmina Burana for Ebo at absolute zero. <laughs> What? Oh, that, that makes sense to me. I, I get the that. The guy got two points. Brandon <laughs> got two points for that because he says Sepulchre and Radiohead. And in the mm-hmm. same fucking sentence. <laughs> the song breaks into brittle acoustic interludes where Bergeson's vocals frost through your speaker. Yet, like Icarus triumphant. What? The album what? keeps taking you higher or deeper depending on your Icarus? Icarus fell and died. <laughs> yeah, but what if he I'm didn't hoping, fall and die? I'm, I'm hoping that I fall and die while I'm listening to this. <laughs> but, but what if he did it? In Norse uh, mythology, he didn't fall and die. He just became Sigur Ross. It's like, what? Oh, the- okay. Oh. <laughs> now you know. Sure. Yeah, I remember Icarus, Icarus' son. He was like pretty popular amongst the Icelanders or something. Or... No, <laughs> it, I want to hear about how this how I'm the song, tell you, an incomprehensible name sounds. This need battery, maybe it's nigh battery or nigh battery, you know, whatever. Nigh battery. And there's, man, there's something else with accents on it. And it opens with a disjointed band of muted horns. They deliquesce into chrome swirls of tinnitus and massaging bass. Eventually, or bass if you're toast. Mas- a massaging bass. <laughs> Eventually, the song erupts into flaking layers of hissing drums. Subtle bebop drums in Kjartan Svensson's Fatty Rhodes piano kick up dust on Hjartach Hamast. <laughs> while Birgsen rubs what? the sleep of his eyes. 
Well, that 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 D symbol's a thorn. It's th. I don't know that much. <laughs> Olson Ferguson rubs the sleeps from his eyes. Yes. Some guy plays a guitar while some dude picks like spinach out of his teeth. Fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Olson Olson is simply the most soul-crushingly beautiful piece. This <laughs> elfin masterpiece unveils Mogwai's true rock for its soulless academics. To term yeah. this music post-rock would be an insult. Seguros are pre-whatever comes this century. <laughs> I see. Even he couldn't think of a fancy word to put there. <laughs> so, gonna, we're going to so get a new type of music, and they're pre-whatever that kind of music is, all right? This is not so they're rock like, Piano, <laughs> flutes, tremolo, horns, feedback, and that godly, amazing voice. Scrubs souls pure with the black volcanic sands from the beaches of Vik. Birgesson's invented a lyrical language of Hopelandish, maybe crying in tongues or even plain gibberish. <laughs> Is that what you're writing this review in? Is this all in Hopelandish? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, losing, I'm losing my Hopelandish. But sheer emotions like this cleanse as universally as sodium laureth sulfate. Yeah, I'm smart. I are no big words. Singo Ross make this bombastic claim on their <laughs> website. We are simply gonna change music forever and the way people think about music and don't think we can't do it, we will. The fact that they're both scored hits in Iceland with a spectacular orchestrated soul speaks of both their power and the credibility of the natives. The alien angel fetus Pressed in silver ink on the customer okay. set is the perfect logo. <laughs> effortlessly make music that is massive, glacial, and sparse. I, th- I think they- that that sentence needs to be read normally, just so it, it, the, the yeah, sheer awesomeness of it gets across. Brent morphed into his hidden people form. Yeah. Sigur <laughs> <laughs> Ross effortlessly make music that is massive, glacial, and sparse. They are hidden people. Okay. That, that, that doesn't describe music like at all. Hey, children will be conceived. Uh. Wrists will be slashed. <laughs> Scars will be healed. And gibberish will be read. I mean, and tears oh. will be read by this group. <laughs> they are the final band of the 21st century. Oh, yeah. oh for fuck's sake. Oh, oh. Wait, what'd you rate it? What'd you oh. rate it? I rated this 9.4. As amazing <laughs> as amazing can get. <laughs> No. Yeah, it's amazing. No, it's a, Below it's spectacular. On amaz- it's on the yeah. upper bounds of amazing. It's you not know, spectacular. Yeah. But it's, it's 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 the maximum amazingness. Yeah. If it were even point one more, then it would be spectacular. Now we're not going to do the entirety of uh, of Kid A because it's oh. very long. Um, but I, <laughs> I am, don't as, say. It's it's twice twice it's twice as long as that one. Oh, so that's and Brent and Chris because food. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's only half as long as his final review for Pitchfork, which was the Beastie Boys to the to the four burrows. Oh, that one's so great. Yeah, oh, and it's all, and it's almost entirely about him and a oh. Radiohead thing, and it has pretty much nothing to do with the Beastie Boys album. It, it also has always, nothing to do with actual and, facts. Well, yeah, and and, and after after uh, shortly after Pitchfork 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 Pitchfork. <laughs> Pitchfork is their dating site. I like they, t- they, they took it down, <laughs> and they, they, they published a retraction of uh, eight factual <laughs> errors <laughs> in the review that were posted. 
Wow. <laughs> so could you say that this guy killed Pitchfork? Um, no, Pitchfork did it to, him, to, did it yeah. to himself and then became very successful somehow. Yeah. If he killed okay. if he killed Pitchfork, he would be a fucking hero. Yeah, but we're not we're not gonna do the Kid A review, but I am going to read the, the best sentence from it, which is the best sentence from uh from Brett Di Crescenzo's entire opus. Really? Yeah. Wow. You think it's better than lazy lycanthrope. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> better. Speed. It's better. This is this is the first sentence of the final paragraph of the like two thousand word Kid A review. All right, everybody ready? Ready. Okay. So. Got the gun to my head. <laughs> <laughs> Got the alcohol. I'm all set. The experience and emotions tied to listening to Kid A are like witnessing the stillborn birth of a child while simultaneously having huh? the opportunity to see her play in the afterlife on IMAX. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know what the sad part is? He probably took a lot of time to think about what he wanted to write. Okay, so it's got to have some tragedy in it, so let's have a stillborn child. But then it's got to have some joy, so let's have a stillborn child playing on an IMAX. Well, yeah, it's got to have a copyright, so let's you know, throw IMAX in there. And- you know, I got to say with Brent, like, he's like one of the few people I could think of where, like, if, if it turned out that he were just high all the time, that I would have, like, a better opinion of him. Like that would improve my my viewing of but him. But see, as a human it proves being. that he doesn't get high with friends because, like, if he got high oh, with I friends, I can think I know why. Like <laughs> <laughs> and, and friend would say, "No, that's stupid. Don't say that. Just please just don't write it down." This album is just like seeing your dog get decapitated, but then he springs back to life and invites you to your favorite amusement park, and you get a discount because he has no head. Pitchfork <laughs> 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 is a hell of a drug. Uh, Isfahan, would you like to do? Uh, more uh, recent Brenty Crescenzo? Yes, sir. This is from July 20th. <laughs> oh, God, he lives. After being quit-fired from from Pitchfork. Now yes. he writes about Pitchfork. Big Boy plus Pavement at Pitchfork Music Festival. Live review. In hindsight, it was a bit of a lose-lose situation. Big Boy had to play Outcast songs because, well, there's not much else people want to hear. Like he said in our interview, people would throw eggs if he didn't give us so fresh, so clean. But in doing so, he underlined how crucial Andre 3000 is to the duo's appeal. Chat boards have been recently filled with Big Boy is better than Andre 3000 arguments of late, mostly because Big Boy is active and swimming in praise for his solo debut. I'm not here to say Andre 3000 is better, although he's always been more my style. No, the two are yin and yang, equally crucial to the group. Duh. Even though he rattled off every conceivable outcast classic, elevators, players ball, B.O.B. Watching Dre on the video screens left a hole in my gut. Dozens of songs were played in medley fashion. I was reminded of seeing Prince a decade back, who similarly showcased a godly treasure of songs, playing a bit of each for just a couple minutes before flowing right into the next. Yes, it's impressive, but breathless and somewhat disengaging. That being said, it was still one of the best sets of the festival. It's friggin' outcast music. Ooh. <laughs> it's friggin' outcast. QED, right? Stephen, Stephen Malkmus is such a prankster. As with oh. many pavement shows in the 90s, Ryan Murphy of Drag City, the label that first put out the band's records, came on stage in his rockin' Ryan Murphy persona, completely pulling one over on the entire crowd. His Andy Kaufman-esque shock you jock DJ was routine. Ryan Murphy. Had me roll. Murphy. Did it. Did it. 
people were screaming at Guy and booing as he led them along with blatant sarcasm like, people need to steal music from these major labels like Merge and Drag City and Pitchfork is the minor leagues for Lollapalooza. I was cracking up. I enjoy uncomfortable humor of that sort, but it's understandable that people flipped out and indicative of Pavement's entire set. Malcolmus was recreating slash revisiting something that nobody here remembered, and the frontman slash guitarist seems to be genuinely confused as to why people are now reinterested in his band. I, I caught Pavement's last two. Pavement. I caught Pavement's last two hours, and they were pro, slick even. <laughs> Except for Bob Nastanovich, who I'll get to. Remember that Radiohead associate Nigel Godrick <laughs> produced the last record. The slacker tag was bullshit. Anyone who's seen Malcolmus lately can attest to that. His new band, the Jicks, are Grateful Dead-like on stage. The Portland, Oregon dweller is a killer guitarist. However, for some reason, Pavement has decided to play up the slacker stereotype. Drawing heavily from the band's early catalog, Pavement played like 40-somethings trying to recapture the sound of being 20. I certainly got a kick from Malcolmus calling out a dive restaurant by our office. Has anyone here been to Beef and Brandy? He asked. You should get with the beef with the brandy. Oh. Uh, There's nothing worse than, uh, than the concert reviews that there's nothing worse the, than the reiter- the, the, well, yeah, I know, but <laughs> the, the things that the that the uh, the singer said on stage that were sort of humorous. I don't know. I think things that the reviewer thought while he was at the concert is worse. You're right. <laughs> I don't know. I think the worst of all, the worst thing in a uh, concert review is being Brandy Crescenzo. <laughs> yes. If you can avoid I'm, that, then you've got major points in my book. I'm as God I'm, made me, sir. Right. Hey, hey, Brent, did these guys know what they're doing? These guys know what they're doing. Mark oh. Eibold is in Sonic Youth, which leads me to believe they're slouching on purpose. Everyone but Nastanovich, who, like Murphy, was another old-school pavement element to which people who grew up on only the records were not accustomed. What? Nastanovich is a hype man, essentially, like the flavor flave of pavement. Is he? <laughs> and, really? And okay. But wait, don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hip. Aww. And at Pitchfork, <laughs> he was mixed way too high, screaming and shouting over the songs, even filling in for Malcolmus, who announced after a few songs that he'd lost his voice. Gulp. The song selection was fantastic. <laughs> and folks Knows him sang swallowing semen from his dick. Yes, Smashing Pumpkins and Stone Temple Pilots still get name-checked and ripped in range life. Perhaps it was because it was Pitchfork, and with all the lo-fi going around these days, Malcolmus felt responsible and obliged to play along. I asked a young co-worker what she thought and expected. I just wanted them to sound good, she lamented. What she thought and expected. Malcolmus could have sounded good, had he so chosen. If only the Allman Brothers were trendier <laughs> with hipsters than Ariel Pink. Kumquat, oh. Kumquat, I want to I give you a choice. I think we have one last thing we can do here. Um, your choice uh, is ruminations on the new tracks uh, from the re-edition of uh, Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones. Lord. Okay, that's that's the first thing. Or uh, an obituary for the co-founder of Wax Tracks Records. Wax Tracks. Wow. Do wax Tracks. Yeah, totally. Uh, wax there's got to be humor in obituary. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say obituary. <laughs> All right. All right, because I love when people write obituaries and make it about them. And- oh dear. Wax tracks. 
Records. <laughs> Co-founder Danny Flesher dies. Posted in music Aww. by Brent DiCrescenzo. January 13, 2010. God damn it. Chicago has birthed several genres of music. Electric blues. House. Juke. <laughs> yep. Sure. Yep. We can make a strong case for industrial, too. Because of the work of legendary local label Wax Tracks. In the early 80s, the pioneering dance imprint released early 12 in records by Ministry, Front 242, Revolting Cox, and Coil. <laughs> in 1992, Cox. the label declared bankruptcy and was bought out by TVT Records. Today we learned that Wax Tracks founder Danny Flesher died of unknown causes. His business partner Jim Nash passed away from AIDS-related complications in 1995 in a totally unrelated sentence. All right, well, well done. Well done, Brent P. Crescenzo. That was a, that was a timely and uh, very classy obituary. I assume you're done, so uh, let's just get to our next thing. Uh, well, I'd have to interrupt you there because I'm not. Industrial oh. gets a bad rap. Oh, a surprise. <laughs> a surprise. Most think of it as the sound of saws against sheet metal. As listened to by Germans with shaved heads. They're <laughs> <laughs> oh, nihilist, Donnie. Wax Tracks put out many wonderful seminal releases. My favorite has to be Underworld's Dub No Bass with My Head Man, a hypnotic, dubby, psychedelic dance masterpiece. Like many American kids seeing Front 242 at Lollapalooza in 1993, Remember not that to mention Tracks indebted Nine Inch Nails a couple years earlier, was my first exposure to electronic music playing like rock and roll in Trent Reznor, The Knife, Dubstep, etc. Wax Tracks is like he lived on. That guy died through him. This is no longer intelligible, just so you know. Over the <laughs> basically, even the words you're saying, they're just molding together. I, God I, it's it. like an amoeba of sad and and. What an asshole! I'm just. I just like to imagine him like, like delivering a eulogy. What can be said about our poor departed friend? Hmm. Once Herman I saw Radiohead, and they were really cool. His his dad's funeral. I remember my fourth birthday. My dad gave me a CD player. I bought a CD. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> 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 Which was Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, God. Oh, no. Uh, I, don't know Just, I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, on August 14th, 2005, um, Brett Crescenzo decided to review the Doobie Brothers. Oh, God. Oh. Okay. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because I would not like to shoot myself in the face, but uh, I'm going <laughs> Is to Is this Lazy Rococo Yacht Rock? I'm going to read you the second paragraph. Um, in the pantheon of American rock, the Doobie Brothers stand undeniably ensconced as the 11th most important brothers group of all time. <laughs> Nope, don't worry. You don't have to speculate. Behind only the Everly Brothers, the Neville okay. Brothers, the Walker Brothers, the oh, Isley Brothers, the Luke Brothers, the Brothers Johnson, the Palace Brothers, the Dust Brothers, the Blues Brothers, and the Smothers Brothers. You know, Easily you know, bettering the Blues Brothers 2000 and the Pernice Brothers. You know, Still touring it. strong to this day on the circuit of grilled and smoke livestock festivals, the Doobie Brothers occupy the much-needed space between the less hirsute eagles and the more martini geek steely Dan. Oh. 
Um, Steely Dan is Martini Greek. Yes. <laughs> After passing on music criticism, I too had been relegated to critiquing the viscosity, finger tinting, and umami of barbecue sauces at state fairs. Oh yeah, you were relegated to it. Yeah. What, what? Yeah. What? Oh, was... your pickles are <laughs> remind me at a time that I was in Venice. <laughs> your hey, pickles hey, hey. sound like hard rock. I must have more. Steve your pickles are oh, luscious, inviting, and deliquescent. I cannot imagine a better pickle except uttered from the lips of a swan sailing <laughs> on the oceans of... Young, young child. My, are you like wiping My God, this, this gherkin reminds me... <laughs> invokes visions of a Valkyrie coming forth from the skies, plunging a sword into my chest, turning it, please. and yes, then please. upon my blood. Also, oh you too. Oh my god, this hot dog sounds like Leonard Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> alright. He's not done. It was a couple oh, weeks God. ago at the IABBQ endorsed North Iowa Up in Smoke BBQ Bash in Mason City, Iowa, where I fell in love all over again with the Dubes Hickory Smoked Blue-Eyed Boogie Woogie. Team Rex Flats, frankly mediocre pulled pork, was rolling on pr my tongue precisely when the cool sounds of black water suddenly washed down the cries of dying swine and playing children wafting from the impromptu abattoir and toddle zone tent. <laughs> what? God. what the fuck? I recognize that there's English involved here. And there we go. Something approaching an hour of whatever in God's name that was. Uh, John, what do you think of him this week? Oh, I just learned the depths of horrible pitchfork writing. Y you know, I mean... I wasn't being just totally... That wasn't totally just a setup at the front. I actually did read a bit of Pitchfork back when I didn't know any better. Sure. I just—I guess I never read much of Brent DiCrescenzo or yeah. I just glazed over it because I'm just like, God, I'm just numb at this point. It's just so bad. And it's not even bad like... It's just a bad music review. It's just... It's just horrible in every single I, way. I will, I will, I will give, I will give this tiny, tiny little bit to him, which is that, which is that, um, when I was a teenager, I, I did, you know, work for music magazines and, and did actually record reviews, um, and they were bad and they were pointless, and you know, you sort of, you write these record reviews and you go, I'm writing something, but nobody's reading it. It's yeah. just a way for get free CDs. There's really no point, and so you just start to like kind of fuck around. And and I get that, and I and I totally get how that happens because you're writing okay, for nobody, yeah. you know. You're Fair writing; enough. nobody yeah. will read this. But right. on the other hand, on the other hand, you're writing for nobody, but then you simultaneously think you're important. That's where the disconnect kind of. <laughs> yeah. like, nobody's ever going to read these words, but I'm really good at them. <laughs> I know. It's just God. What do you say? Okay, yeah, conceding that, like, yeah, nobody's going to read it, just fuck around. Even then, if you write this, even just in that context, you're just fucking around and nobody's going to read it, and you write this and still think it's okay, that's still yeah. pretty horrible. You're yeah. a horrible audience to your own writing, if you think that's the case. I, I'm just, as a, as a parting note, I'm just going to say the whole idea of, like, a concept review of an album is just so virulent in its, on its own, and the fact that he just stuck with that. Yeah. Yeah. He's thing. an amazing human being. Anyways. 
Uh, the website is always thefpl.us, uh, and on the website, of course, you can submit content. Um, please never, ever submit more things from Brent DiCrescenzo. God, we're done. That's, we're so that's done. enough. We're not reading anymore. Yes. And until next week, thanks a lot for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The next two reviews, we're just we're we're only going to do the first uh, sentence of. So, <laughs> so somebody just read the first sentence of this. Over the last few years, Luscious Jackson have gone from being Luscious to Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Wow! Fantastic! And this That's this was, this is my this is my favorite. <laughs> He I accidentally got the tabs for my Pitchfork page and my blog mixed up. Boots, I have to, Boots, I have to, I have to argue with you here that that while the first sentence is great, I think it's worth reading the entire first paragraph. Oh my god! And the last, I think the last paragraph has some merit as well. Okay, well, uh, Stug. Last Stug. Stug classic. I visited Venice, <laughs> along one of the main canals of the Dorsa, of the Dorsoduro, the southern peninsula of the city. I discovered a building defaced in green graffiti. It read, don't believe the heap. <laughs> <laughs> the hippie. The hippie. Something in the combination of the innocence of an Italian's misspelled English and the cosmopolitanism of punk cliches made me chuckle. Damn. But after listening to the over-anticipated third album from Underworld, I went to hunt down the mysterious Venetian, Riffrath, author of the Scribble. I picture him in a beret, scarf, and JNCO pants, of and course. kiss him. Uh oh! Well, he is brilliant. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you, you see, you shouldn't believe the hype, and furthermore, don't believe the hip. Oh, I never uh, do. Oh! oh. oh. I, I want to. I'm going to make a this. bad pun, but first a paragraph. Brent <laughs> Crescenzo. <laughs> I want. I also want to kiss this Italian stereotype. <laughs> I bought Underworld's album. After that, I wanted to molest European children. Yes. You really need to read the second sentence of the last paragraph. Oh no! Underworld have crafted a deeply agoraphobic record that demands the ambience of neon-lit city streets, the back street backseat of a boxy Japanese import, or the flesh-pressed dance floor of a club's with names like Fuse, Fix, what? Flux, Fac, and Flick.